Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Karn. It's great to be with you today. Today, I'm going to continue on the theme that I picked up yesterday, which is why isn't the mass more impactful? And where that program ended up leading us was to personal holiness, that the very holiness of God is to um, transform our very being. We are to be elevated into that realm of divine life, which is amazing. It's stunning. It's awesome. We'll continue to explore that today on Sound Insight. Back in a minute. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' holy name. And Lord, we pray for a deeper congruence between our words and our lives. Lord, give us the grace to be witnesses. Give us the grace to be holy. Give us the grace to pray for a deeper revelation of your majesty in our lives. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I share a story with you from a basketball game. And this is uh, I'm coaching my daughter's uh, girls varsity team at the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame. Hello, if you guys are looking for an amazing classical Catholic high school and you're in the Spokane area, uh, or you're considering moving here from the west side, from the Puget Sound area, and you're thinking maybe next year you'll be over here, just put on your list. Well, there, there's really only two schools to put on your list. There's the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame, and there's Court of Christ, which is, again, a classical academy in the Catholic tradition, and that's in, as I mentioned, Coeur d'Alene, Washington. And really what's stunning is that you have these two relatively new classical schools in the Catholic tradition, classical Catholic school, is that at the high school level, is that they are like bursting at the seams. The people are not choosing these schools because of the amazing building they're in. <laughs> they're not choosing these schools because of the amazing history uh, that these schools have. No, because of the intentionality of the families. It's because of the vision and ideals that are authentically Catholic, fully Catholic, and will bring your high schoolers in touch with amazing Catholic peers. And to have that happen in, in your high school experience for your kids, it's game-changing. It's life, it is life-changing, brothers and sisters. It is life-changing. We love 
having our daughter, Annalise, at the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame. We love just so many of the families that are there and families that we've gotten to know. And the same is true for Court of Christ in Coeur d'Alene. Love the families that are there, the ones that started it, the ones that are uh, continuing to uh, help it grow. What it's, it's just a, but it's, these are just such a, such um, small pools of kids, right? Just want them to grow and grow. Um, oh, sorry, got a little bit distracted there. But I'm coaching this team with these young ladies and uh, young ladies, again, mostly they're freshmen <laughs> on the team. Oh, yeah, and we have a couple eighth graders that are coming there next year. But the um, the reason why I, I bring it up is that we had an away game. And so got in the cars and, and headed out to the game. And, uh, and on the way, it was beautiful, right? Here we are driving as a team in the car. And, and what do we do? We pray rosary together. Now, how cool is that? All right, you just got to say, that is just really cool. And raising up in, in these young ladies a vision of, you know, your identity in faith as a daughter of God, your identity that gets nurtured in faith, that you are to live a godly life marked by virtue, that is human excellence on display and, and your attitudes and your behaviors, that that'll also show up by how you compete on the court, right? Now, we've lost some games. <laughs> we haven't. I think we're, yeah, we're not 500, but um, we battle. Okay, so we get out to the, uh, to get in the car, drive a couple hours, get to this court for the team where the visitors go and um, say hi to the other coaches. For me, this is, you know, an, an opportunity for us to be a witness, right, on the court, right, to be a witness. And you've heard me tell stories about this. You've heard me tell stories about how our girls, when they are on the court and they foul a player on the other team and they go to the foul line and the player shoots and whether she makes it or misses it, you know, her teammates of, on our opponent, her teammates will go and they'll like, you know, give her a low five, like, hey, nice shot, keep it up. Well, my players do it too. And, and again, the looks they get and the amazing responses they get, it, it's, it's a work of evangelization. It's sowing a seed. Okay, but before the game, I'm talking to the coaches congratulating them on the season. And I kind of teased one of the coaches who didn't come to our court, didn't come when we were the home team and they were the visiting team. And I said, yeah, I said, I know we're just such a, you know, basic team. You don't even have to come out. You could just send your assistant coach. And he said this, he said, well, my wife was having surgery for her cancer. And wow, just stop me in my tracks, right? Like, and I said to him, I am so sorry. And then I said to him, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I'll be praying for her and for you all. And he thanked me and then we went back to talking about the game and then we ended up, um, you know, playing and it was it was not our best performance. Well, let me see. It was our worst performance. <laughs> Terrible. But I had let the coach know. I said, hey, coach. I said, look, your, your team is really good. My team is really new and developing. So I said, we're going to battle. You know, of course, we're going to try to win. But once it's clear that we do not have the ability to win the game, I'm going to stop trying to win. And I'm going to instead try to develop 
my players. So you'll notice that I'll be, I'll be taking out my starters. I'll be bringing in bench players and just working on giving them in-game experience and trying to work on certain skills live in-game. And, uh, and what was really so gracious was that it didn't take long. It was like the first quarter. Well, they had pulled out to a big enough lead where it was obvious that, you know, the game was over. The, 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 the you know, not the clock, but the, the, the competition part of it, right? They were, they had it clearly in hand. Okay. So we kept battling, but we just weren't going to win. So they started really in the first quarter, started to bring in their subs. So next day, game's over, we drive home. Next day, I send an email and I'm going to read the email to you. Coach, and I, I, got his, I got his email address and the other coach as well. I said, thank you so much for your kindness and how you substituted players against our team yesterday afternoon. I appreciate your willingness to sub out your starters so early in the game. I only wish we had put up more resistance. It was our worst performance all season. Several of our starters said they were so tired and lacked the energy they normally bring to a game. It was our longest car ride of the season by far, and I wasn't cognizant about how much it would impact them. Of course, it wouldn't have made a difference in the outcome, but it would have been a better first half for sure. If you have any insights about how to prepare your team to play with energy when facing a long car ride to a game, I would happily accept it. Uh, and then I said this. I said, that wasn't the reason for my email. I'm emailing because I wanted you, coach, I said his name, to know that I was struck in my spirit when you shared about your wife's surgery in connection to her battle with cancer. For me, the most important moment of my time at the gym yesterday was that moment. The game of basketball means little compared to the journey you're walking through with your wife and daughters and family. He's got two daughters on the team. I want you to know that I have prayed and will continue to pray for you all. And that I hope this email is a confirming sign that God sees you and your wife. He knows exactly what is happening. He hears your heart's cry. And he is with you all in the midst of this difficult trial with his presence and power. I write this because I felt compelled to do so. And then I just ended, I wish you all the best the rest of the season. You have such an amazing team. Your starting five are so solid. And I realize you're missing one of them last night. And the depth of your bench is unsurpassed. I'm sharing that you'll carry the banner of our division all the way to the state championship. Show the West side that the best basketball in 1B is played in our division, respectfully, and peace and all good things. So that was my email. And I, I think that, I'm, I think, I, I chose to share this with you because I was hoping to elevate in our minds, yours and mine, that as we go about our day-to-day -day activities, there'll be various roles that we'll be filling. Right? For, for many of us, I, I'm talking mostly to adults here, 
It'll be your job. Whatever your job is, is going to slot you into a role. I'm a manager, I'm a worker, I'm a this, I'm a that, in terms of the, the specific job title function that you have. Um, maybe it's a, a role that is more connected to human relationships. And I'm talking to a number of folks who are retired, but your grandma and grandpa. I know that I'm talking to many folks who are moms, who are housemakers, homemakers, and, and homeschoolers. Uh, I'm also talking to a lot of students headed off to high school. Maybe some of you heading to the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame right now, right? And it's it, we have these roles in our lives, but in the midst of all of those roles, alongside under all of those roles, and even the best way of saying it is underneath and at the heart of all of those roles is our identity as creatures of God called and invited to be children of God. Creatures of God, that's all of us, called and invited through baptism by Jesus Christ, the revealed God, God revealing himself in Christ, and communicating his life to us so that through baptism we are new creations. That means the very life of God dwells in us. That means divinity lives within us and ought to shine forth through us. This means that we recognize that our journey on earth is a journey home towards God for life together with him forever. That's what's most important. That's what's most crucial. That's what's most fundamental in our lives is our identity as children of God. And we, brothers and sisters, you and I, who have been given the immense gift of our Catholic faith, we are called upon to bring that identity into every sector of society, into every aspect of our culture, into every role that we'll play. Yes, even the role of a basketball coach. And so as we finish this segment, I'm going to invite you to pray with me for this family. And this family stands also in the place of all of the dear ones that are in your lives who are also struggling with a serious life-threatening illness, families impacted by physical and health challenges. And so let's pray together. You didn't have the opportunity to be there in that moment where I shared that kind of cutesy offhanded comment, meaning to be funny, but it ended up dislodging, bringing something out into the open that was hit, which is as much as this guy is successful as a coach, he has to be in a really difficult place as a husband and a father. And we, you and I, have been chosen in this moment to be those that God reveals this to so that we can pray for him and pray for them. And so let's do that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, we come before you in Jesus' holy name, and we thank you, and we praise you for 
the ways that you love us and take care of us, that you bless us, Lord, with health, with all the good things that you so generously pour into our lives. Lord, we come before you now just crying out for mercy. We ask you to come with favor upon this family, upon this husband whose wife is battling cancer. Lord, we ask you to come upon that woman. I don't even know her name, but Lord, you know who she is. You knew, Lord, when you connected me to them. You knew her name. You know exactly what she was going through. And Lord, I believe that you connected me to them in this moment, in that moment, so that I could pray in this moment with so many other dear ones. And that I'd be stirred to pray, Lord, for those who are in need. Lord, for those who are in a a desperate situation, a difficult circumstance, a, an unexpected health event. Jesus, be the divine physician and lay your hand upon her and upon her husband and upon her daughters and, and, and this wider family, Lord, upon the treatments that they'll undergo, every medical intervention, that, that it'll all work perfectly well without side effects and after effects. And I pray, Lord, that these treatments would have an even greater impact than the doctors could imagine. But Jesus, divine physician, go beyond, go beyond what the doctors could, could see or imagine happening. And not only her, Lord, but those others that are in our lives, those others that get brought to our lives, Lord, and specifically those who get brought into our attention right now, even as I'm praying this, Jesus, that you would lay your hand upon them. And, and brothers and sisters, a, a, a couple of minutes before I actually started to uh, record this program, my daughter, Ariana, sent a text. And the text said, Dad, uh, she sent it to the group. She said, hey, please pray for this young lady who came and visited my daughter, Ariana, over the Christmas break. She had done the, the missionary world race with her. And please pray for Emily is her name. She's in the hospital and is unconscious and is not doing well. This is a young lady who's 19 years old. She's, she's, she's had some medical challenges and something happened. Um, and I don't know what it is. She just got this note, uh, this quick note. She just quickly posted it into our group text. Pray for Emily. She's in the hospital and unconscious and not doing well. And so, Lord, we pray for Emily right now. And I trust that, brothers and sisters, you who are praying in this moment, in the moment that you hear this, the Lord knows that. He, he takes that into account. Even though the moment of her being in the hospital and unconscious was, you know, 16 hours ago. No, this, uh, the Lord, now is the time. Now is the time. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are a God who sees all and who brings to bear grace to all at their point of need as we ask, as we pray with confidence. And so, Lord, I pray for Emily. I ask, Lord, Jesus, that you lay your healing hand upon her and upon all of those who have had unexpected medical happenings, medical events. Lord Jesus, minister to them, Jesus. Again, your healing power. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for what you're doing, Jesus. And we make this prayer in your holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
All right, that went a little longer than I thought, but I just, I pray as I feel led. I hope and pray that that was a blessing to you to join me in that prayer. We are up against a break. When we come back, I'm going to continue to talk about this idea of becoming holier. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. It's great to be with you. So I, so I prayed, right? Um, I, I want to encourage you. So the theme that has emerged this week between Monday's program with Father Lewis and then yesterday's program and today's program is the what the 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 foundational importance of an encounter with the majestic god the holy god the glorious god because when we have had that encounter with the living god and God is no longer simply the hidden God the Deus absconditus the hidden God that that are it's it's like scales fall from the eyes and and, and we begin to see and, and realize what life is really all about. I mean, you think about it, it's you have certain things happen to you in life and you just don't go forward the same because of what happened. Right? We I think we see that in instances of let's call it extraordinary encounters with something that is lovely or something that is tragic. So when someone falls in love with their beloved, they're changed. They have a smile on their face. They're kind of goofy, all of that, right? Or when something terrible and, and tragic happens that completely destroys the the a peace in their lives if, if they lose a loved one, right? That marks them and maybe marks them very significantly for the rest of their lives. Well, what about the encounter with God? Well, from the saints, we know that significant encounters with God change everything. Profound encounters with the majesty of God, the holiness of God, changes everything. So if that's true, and and think about it, we pray prayers at Mass especially that are indicating that we believe, that we acknowledge, that we accept that God is in fact glorious and holy, that this God of uh, this God that we worship on Sunday is the source of all creation and our loving Father. This God is all-powerful, upholding all things 
in being and draws close to us and becomes consumable as Eucharist, the, the Lamb of God. This God is eternal, a holy furnace of fire, uncreated life. And he's he comes in the form of a gentle breeze, uh, a, a dove, right? You'd think Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, more personal than we are. And yet beyond us in a way that we will never fully comprehend. Do you know what we're talking about here? We're talking about God. And do you want to live a different life? Do you want to live a life that has become shaken awake in a way that will not be able to fall back asleep again? Pray for an encounter with the majestic holy God. Beg the Lord for an encounter with the living God, with the divine one who is infinitely holy. Beg the Lord, who is your father, for an encounter with his lordly power and his divine majesty. Pray for that. Seek it out. Ask. Knock. And you keep doing that. And you know what? Life's going to change. Your life will change. And you know, there's this idea of coming before God in fear and trembling and running into the arms of our loving Father. What will become more real to you if you pray those prayers that I just said? Those prayers for the revelation of God's majesty. And the answer is what? You know, you know the answer. Yes. <laughs> God will become more profoundly the God of the universe who's all-powerful and, and lordly and majestic and perfectly holy, and you will fall on your face before him in the, the, the being stunned in wonder, right? And at the same time, what will also be revealed to you is the intimacy and the nearness of the one who is your loving father. Wow. Both things increase simultaneously. That's God. God does not only grow in intimacy and nearness. He also grows in his awesome transcendence who is beyond us forever. Do you realize the one that we worship? Have you had an encounter with the living God? So I, I, I'm encouraging you to pray because it feels like to me that it's an encounter like that that will shake us out of lethargy, shake us out of apathy, 
shake us out of a sense of, I don't know, just easy, comfortable ways of thinking that, you know, this is what it means to be Catholic. This is what it means to, to live our lives. Um, the part of the, the theology of, you know, God is the revealed God, God is the hidden God, right? Deus revelatus, Deus absconditus. The, the, those two phrases used in theology is that it's a mercy. It's a mercy that God obscures, that God hides his divinity, his holiness, because we would be overwhelmed. We would be so overwhelmed that we would be afraid to draw near. As in the Old Testament, the people of God led out into the desert had to be cordoned off from approaching the mountain that Moses went up to have the encounter with God. Remember, when he went up the mountain, it was covered with thick clouds. It was what was it doing? It was obscuring. It was hiding the presence of what? 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 What kind of poked through? Lightning, fire, a furnace of flame, divinity, holiness, majesty, glory. But it was obscured. It was. It was hidden because it would have been too much. It would have been overwhelming. Well, our, our merciful Lord, who has obscured, who has allowed himself to be hidden because of our weakness, because of our littleness, because of our created status, I think, sadly, we too quickly have uh, forgotten, we have neglected we have surrendered our any kind of meaningful belief in the majesty of god if we believed more fully in the majesty of god in the glory of god i, I think we'd act differently i think honestly we would have a little bit more fear and trepidation not a little bit more a lot more a lot more fear and trepidation that, you know what, folks? I'm not honoring God. I, Tom, am not honoring God the way I should. I better fall on my face and cry for mercy. Not just I, my family. Is my family honoring God? I better lead my family into sincere, profound repentance. Wait a minute. My community, my state, my country, this world is not acknowledging its creaturely status, its status of being servants called to be children of God, called to honor God and how we live with each other, how we live and steward God's creation and the graces and giftings and blessings that he has bestowed on us. What's it going to take? How much has to be shaken loose from our lives before we wake up? So um, today, I I think that, you know, as I, I've been reflecting on 
the, the question, gosh, you know, why is church so lacking in impact? Why is it so boring? It's because it's devoid of majesty. It's it's that sense of, again, uh, the pageantry without divinity, right? Versus the glory of God is in the majesty of God is where the ritual of the mass is performed with that sense of holiness. And I, I, I shared with you how I get that in a, in a very personal way myself, just because of my call to, to, to speak to you about matters of faith, that if the only voice you're hearing through all of this is my own voice, then I have failed. I have failed to be that conduit, that vessel, that doorway that God can use to open up to speak into people's lives. But brothers and sisters, that's our call. That is our call. And boy, do we need that today. Do any of you doubt that the world is desperate for a fresh hearing of the gospel? It's what uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen said. He said, the only voices people will hear today are the voices of holiness, the voices of saints. Those are the only ones that will be received, accepted, be credible, have influence, not not those who have degrees, not those who have platforms, but the ones that will actually move people in a direction, move people to make a difference, move people to change their lives. It's 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 people who are holy. It's it's Saint Paul the Sixth, Saint Pope Paul the Sixth, who said, "People today listen to uh, witnesses as teachers, and then only listen to teachers if they're in fact witnesses." Back in a minute. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Karn. It's great to be with you. So in the last two segments of the program, I'm going to honor the saint from yesterday, Saint Francis de Sales. And there's a reason I'm doing so. Um, It's because he, in his writings, like Introduction to the Devout Life, it's most famous, but in his writings on the spiritual life, he has this incredible balance between the two uh, aspects I've been highlighting in the program. I've been talking about this majesty of God as shaking us loose, but I've also mentioned that as, as that sense of God's majesty increases, so does God's, uh, that sense of God's nearness, his intimacy also increases. And really St. Francis de Sales in his writings does such a wonderful job of drawing out let me call it the the human side of becoming a saint. Uh, the language I've been using um, on Monday and, and yesterday and today um, is a, a bit more severe. It's let's call it stronger medicine. I, I think that it's it's probably a let's call it a healthy um, balance to incorporate some um, some of the some of the language in, in teaching of St. Francis de Sales, because it will, um, it, it, it's something that might be a little bit less overwhelming if you're feeling a little overwhelmed right now. <laughs> okay, here, I'm, I'm going to just uh, quote from Introduction to the Devout Life. All right. Lift up your heart, lift your heart up gently whenever it falls. Humble yourself before God 
But do not be astonished by your fall, since it is not surprising that weakness is weak, frailty is frail, and misery is miserable. It's from the third book, chapter nine. Uh, lift up your heart gently whenever it falls. So I, in some ways, need to hear that message back onto myself. I'm, I'm not sure I'm quite so gentle with myself. Um, and this idea, don't be astonished when you fall, since it's not surprising that weakness is weak. Frailty <laughs> is frail and miser- misery is miserable. Yeah, no, no wonder we, we fall short. Should we really be that surprised? that um, we are not uh, zealous and on fire with our devotion to the Lord and that we get caught up in the things of this world and, um, and, 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 and live a life that is, let's call it less than perfect. Right? It, it, uh, San Francis de Sales' book is not called Introduction to the Perfect Life, but Introduction to the Devout Life. Um, here's what he says, just some more quotes. Let us walk on the way with our brothers and sisters gently, peacefully, and amiably. I love that. And I bring that out now because, again, speaking the words I've spoken to this point, I want you to also hear the language that, that runs alongside, which is be at peace, be gentle, be amiable. It's okay. Uh, another quote, just as humility perfects us with respect to God, gentleness perfects us with respect to our neighbor. I've never heard that before. And it, and it really does have me pondering. Humility perfects us with respect to God. I got that. Okay, that makes sense. Because by humility, we are lowering ourselves before God. By humility, we are acknowledging that God is God, God is divine, God is majestic, and I am not. And so I lower myself before the Lord and he elevates me, he lifts me up. But, and that will cleanse me, right? That will that will put things in right order. What about with regards to our neighbor? Gentleness. Gentleness, not harshness. Gentleness, not being quick to criticize, being... Uh, very black and white in our criticism, but thinking well of the other, thinking uh, kindly of of our neighbor, and that's anyone around us. That there's a there's a perfection in that, I, and and it and it's getting me thinking. Okay, why is there why is that a perfection, Saint Francis de Sales? Why is that something that will perfect my relationship with them? And I think it's. If, if I'm pondering it, and what he's saying is, look, are you that really that surprised that your fallen neighbor acts in a fallen way, that your broken neighbor acts in a broken way? Should you really be surprised? So, okay, let's continue on. Let's take a look at, again, more of what he says about um, here. Nothing is so strong as gentleness, and nothing is so gentle as real strength. Nothing is so strong as gentleness. Nothing is so gentle as real strength. So I think there, when I think of gentleness there, I, I guess I'm thinking of the word patience. You know, love is patient, love is kind. Patience is that willingness to undergo, right? You, you see a, 
how patient a mother can be with the child that won't calm down, settle down, that's crying, that's complaining, that's fussy. And the mom is has equanimity, right? There's that sense of you're not going to throw me off my game. You're not going to throw me off balance, but I can absorb your fussiness, your complaints, your your tears, your your disturbing spirit is going to be absorbed in my peaceful spirit. That that's so lovely to behold. That that's something to pray for too. Um, and, and and remember now, if Saint Francis de Sales is saying this, he's saying something about who God is in our regard, right? Jesus in Luke chapter uh, uh, what's what chapter is it? Luke chapter eleven twenty eight twenty nine. You know, come to me, all you who labor and are weary. And, and find life burdensome. You'll find rest for yourselves. Like learn from me. I'm gentle and humble of heart. Take my yoke upon your shoulders, right? That's that's very comforting. And, and the Lord wants comfort for you. He wants comfort for me in our lives. And, and to give, uh, give God space to bring comfort into our lives. That's, that's what prayer does. So brothers and sisters, please, um, Take the time to pray today and, and pray not only that the majesty of God would be revealed, but pray that the gentleness of the Lord would be revealed. In fact, I'm going to pray for that for you. I'm going to pray. I, I prayed for the majesty of God to be revealed. Um, I prayed for uh, the, those that were in difficult circumstances, right? So, well, did I actually pray for that majesty of God? I, I said you should pray for the majesty of God. So let, let's let's kind of sum up this section. Again, drawing on the, the insight and the blessings that come from uh, St. Francis de Sales. And um, let's, let's say a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord our God, thank you for the gift of St. Francis de Sales and for his wisdom pouring forth down through the centuries to us today. And, and we ask for your sweet intercession, St. Francis de Sales, as, as we here on earth continue to labor on this journey that we have. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, unveil, come out into the open with your gentleness in our regard. Lord, give us a sense of that sweet spirit that you have, um, you have for us, that that Jesus, that you did reveal yourself as that gentle shepherd who is ready to to lift our burdens and ready to to carry the load. And so, Lord, we give you permission for that, and we say yes, please, Lord. So, Lord, even as we do ask that you would overwhelm us with your Majesty. We ask that you would also overwhelm us with your gentleness. Lord, you know what we need. You know each of our hearts, each of those who are praying with me or listening to this prayer. You know the, the way in which we would benefit the most. Each of us singly would benefit the most in our own walk with you. And so, Lord, I pray for those who have been wounded in their relationship with you, who have a brokenness and a fear of being overwhelmed by you. Lord, I pray that you would unveil to them, that you would come out into the open 
in their hearts and minds, in their spirit, with a sweetness and a gentleness, with an amiability that would magnetically draw them close to you in trust, in kindness, and in love. And Lord, for those of us who are in need of a revelation of your majesty and your mystery, uh, that it would shake us out of lethargy and cause us to repent from pageantry, Lord, may that be so in our regard too. Lord, you know what we need. And we thank you that you've inspired this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. So in this last segment, I'm going to move from the spiritual life. And that's really what I've been talking about, right? The spiritual life, whether it was, how do we have mass become more impactful? Well, why isn't mass more impactful? And what do we do about it? Well, and that is become less boring yourself through holiness. <laughs> and that means praying for a greater unveiling, a greater revelation of God's majesty, but also uh, to do so gently. Lord, a revelation of your gentleness in our lives as well. Uh, calling upon St. Francis de Sales on his feast day yesterday, leaning and, and look to him for his wisdom and insight into the spiritual life. We, without question, want to be blessed by that. But we're also living in the world. There's this major theme unfolding here that we're walking towards heaven. We touch heaven at mass. We're walking towards that time of the great revelation, the, the greatest of all revelations of God, the greatest of all unveilings before us of God coming out into the open um, and no longer being hidden. What's that called? That's called death. You're going through death. But enough of that. Let's focus on the fact that we're today living life. And on this journey of living life, there are very practical things that we, we need to do and we need to pay attention to. Um, you know, Carrie and I at the beginning of the year spending a lot of time putting together our budget, putting together our financial plan for the course of this year and in years to come with our kids at school and, and our expenses and all of those things. Um, we're encountering, uh, I'm encountering more people, uh, even in this economy, at, in this time of year, Right. The interest rates have come down a bit and maybe quicker than they were anticipating. And things are starting to shake loose a bit in the housing market. If you following these things, uh, you, you're maybe starting to hear some messages around folks saying, you know, the, uh, the housing crash that uh, we, we saw things getting pretty scary there towards the end of last year, things are starting to open up again. And I'm getting phone calls from folks saying, hey, it's time for me to buy. It's time for me to sell. It's time for me to move. I'm looking for this. I'm it's it's like, wow, it's, yeah, it's happening again. And uh, I love that just, just today. You know, I had several phone calls and and text messages with folks that I'm serving in, in, in real estate. And they are like making decisions about where they're living and timeliness of uh, taking action to move or to stay uh, and in the light of faith. And that's a beautiful thing. God, God wants to be involved in that. 
God has a purpose and a plan. I literally got a text from someone. I had to send them a message that said, hey, that house that we were very interested in, um, someone this morning wrote an offer on it and the agent told me they were going to accept their offer. And that was had that had to do with our own timely work together around, you know, is this the house for you? And when we realized we lost out, she just sent me back a text message. God has a plan. Yes. And amen. God has a plan. And someone else I talked to today, uh, and they were like, hey, we're trying to discern, should we jump on an airplane tomorrow and get out here and look at this home? Because we don't want to miss out on it. And and I said to them, I said, look, I want you to pray and process this in a way that makes sense to you. And it, you don't have to grab, right? You don't have to grab at it. And if it's feeling rushed, then step back and uh, take the time and, and plan and come out next week when, when it makes more, when it's more peaceful, right? And talk and pray about it. And so that's what they're going to do. Someone else today I called and uh, they were talking about wrapping everything out uh, on a home that's going to close. The sale of their home closes on Friday. And um, one of the folks that has been helping me is this fellow who's been doing some um, some repairs and, and uh, some fixing and, and did an inspection and stuff like that. And he's a, he's a man from St. Joan of Arc church. And, and she's like, boy, he's been such a blessing, just such a blessing to me. And someone else from the church community, helping them get their plan together for moving stuff. And, and what another great blessing. And again, that I love that language that we can, we can relate to each other in the things of this world from the standpoint of our relationship with God, from our identity that comes from our faith in God. And, and we should, we, we don't have to have such a strong sensitivity to this separation of church and state, right? Excuse me. Um, the separation of church and state. And instead no, there, there's a oneness. There's a, a way in which this is meant to come together in one. And and we can do that. It, but we can do that by praying. We can do that by incorporating prayer at the beginning of our day. Incorporating God uh, in those key moments of our day. And the Lord will be present. The Lord will be at work. You'll see signs and hints of God at work. And then there's also the the bigger issues of the day. The like, here we are. We're in the primary season of our national election. It's a big deal thing. Are you praying for that? Are you praying for the Lord's hand of blessing over the election process? Are you praying for our president? Are you praying for whoever the Republican nominee is going to be? You see how uh, divisive and how damaging the uh, the previous election cycles in the last four years have been to the fabric of our country. Um, I don't know how many of you are thinking things are going to get better or things are going to be normalized. Well, with the hand of God, with the work of God, with our own efforts to be praying to the Lord, well, then guess what? We, we can see God at work. 
we can tangibly have God being at work. But if we're not turning to the Lord, if we just think that we can hope for the best, then we just might be missing out on the part that God has for us to play. So in days and weeks to come, as this year is beginning to unfold, please take the time to remember that the word was made flesh. The word was made flesh in Christ, in the womb of the Blessed Mother. But this word of God, the one who is God, Jesus Christ, comes to dwell in us as well. And he intends to have his voice heard in this world, in the laws and policies, in the, the, the sway of culture, in the, in the norms and standards that, that bloom and blossom in our culture. Don't think that those things are somehow radically separated from what the Lord is doing in this world. He intends to be involved, but that requires us to be involved. That requires us to take the steps that we can take day to day in the, in the sphere of influence that is ours. And so, yes, beginning at home, yes, in the midst of our friends, yes, together with our church community, but then also being involved in the wider society, being involved in the political process, yes, voting, but also learning about candidates and issues, getting involved to get, um, get behind those candidates that are going to carry our vision and principles and, and ideals and values into legislatures. I'll tell you, one of the gifts that I see uh, in the area where I live now, out here in Eastern Washington, I see candidates who are not afraid to bring out into the open quickly and often their own faith in God, their Catholic faith in God, their Christian faith, and they're not afraid to be associated with the church or churches and, and faith-based schools, that they show up at events, they put their face and name out in front of institutions and churches and organizations. And that is just such a beautiful thing. What a wonderful thing. And so I want to encourage you to realize that it's not, it's not just politicians, but we are all involved in our own way in the political process. So um, next week on the program, um, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that uh, Bishop Tyson will be on to talk about a program that he is at the source of. He, he wasn't the founder of it, but he was at the beginnings and has been one of the biggest advocates for this organization called Prepares. And it's making a huge difference across the state of Washington uh, for the lives of of vulnerable women and their and their children, women that are in vulnerable circumstances and situations and their children. And it's preserving life and fostering a culture of life. And that's just a lovely thing. So we can all make a difference in our own way, but we have to do our part. So I hope and pray that this program has been a blessing, that you'll experience the majesty of God, the gentleness of God, that you'll open yourself to the Lord, and that he will move you out into the world in a way that glorifies him. God bless your day. Join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight.